Welcome to day two of Paizo's Gen Con Online 2021 seminar stream. Paizo has invited us to host a few of these panels this year, including kicking off today's seminars. We are the hosts of the No Direction podcast and the directions, the directors of the No Direction Network. I'm Brian Costello. <laughs> and I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. Param, it's Gen Con again. It's good to be back. It, it, it is? It feels so weird. It does. All right. Well, I think we've caught up on our Gen Con experience. We're ready to bring on yep. our guest today. We are joined by Paizo's Director of Game Design, Mr. Jason Bowman. <laughs> hey there, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. I know I told you it would be about a two-minute introduction, but wow, after that yeah. one sentence, I was like, we're done, aren't we? And, and instead, it was, it was 20 <laughs> seconds. Uh, hey there, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Um, Obviously, you know, this has been a, a pretty challenging week for a lot of us at Paizo, and uh, I know I'm not alone in saying that, um, you know, there's some pretty serious stuff going on, uh, but we're happy to be here at Gen Con and talking about stuff, uh, you know, about the future of, of Pathfinder, uh, but obviously we got some serious work to do, and, uh, you know, that reaches all the way down to me, and uh, I've, I've made some statements about that on my social media. I won't, I won't drag them in here because we're here to talk about some Pathfinder stuff. Um, but I, I want everyone to know that although I'm here and I'm happy uh, to be here and I'm laughing and I'm joking with all of you, that, you know, this stuff is pretty serious and I still take it seriously and we're not, you know, moving on. We're just doing the things that uh, we promised we'd do and are here to chat about the fun, exciting things coming out from Pathfinder in the next year. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Jason. I think if anyone is yeah. curious and is not caught up on it, they can easily just check with their favorite Paizo celebrities uh, on their social yeah. media and get <laughs> caught up on the story pretty quickly. There's a there's some great uh, resources out there. Hey, everyone, we're back here with the interview, and uh, we had some technical difficulties, but let's go ahead and get Jason Bowman back in here and proceed with the interview. I'm back. I, I don't hey, think I back, broke Jason. it, but I might have. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are explosions going on behind you. Yeah, no, it's true. That dragon is, he's pesky. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, before everything got kind of pixelated on my end, I was just kind of talking about, you know, um, everything that's been happening and how I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to talk to the Paizo fans. We have some of the best fans in the world. And at the end of the day, um, you know, they deserve better. So uh, we're going to keep working at it. And that starts with, you know, that, that includes me and includes uh, kind of a, a lot of the folks at Paizo. So um, I, I want to thank everybody for their support. And uh, with, without further ado, let's, uh, let's get to the questions. All right. Well, I just want to start talking about your new position. It's not even that new, but uh, your position as yeah. director of game design. Uh, you know, once upon a time, we would speak to you once, twice a year, and you would always be like the person who has the fingers in the dough when it comes to what's coming from Pathfinder. But because you're a little more hands off now, we haven't really talked to you in a while. So why don't you give us a good idea of what this director of game design position of yours looks like right now? Well, so a lot of my time right now uh, at Paizo is spent kind of planning for the future and looking really far ahead and trying to set down the road that the game uh, uh, might take. Um, and of course, I work with, you know, I have an amazing team of folks and, you know, I have an entire department filled with amazing folks with great ideas. So my job is not that hard <laughs> um, because, frankly, a lot of them uh, really do come to the table with a lot of great ideas for the future. So a lot of what I do is kind of behind the scenes work these days. Um, I help the team, I guide them, I support them, I make sure that they have the tools they need uh, to get the job done. And I'm also there to kind of serve as a, 
you know, a, a bit of a tiebreaker sometimes when, you know, things are things are tricky and, and folks can't make a decision. And I offer up my guidance about where I think the game is and where I think the game might go. And a lot of the times, I'll, I'll admit, a lot of that advice falls down to what's best for the players, what's best for them. And and sometimes that means we do things that are harder for us, right? You know, change change rules, rewrite things to make them better and more focused on what the players need out of the game. Um, yeah, I think a lot of my role as well these days is being a, uh, you know, a voice and a, uh, 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 a face for the game, right? So I, I run a lot of our streamed games, uh, because I've been a GM since I was a kid and, uh, I love telling good stories and kind of showcasing what the game is all about. Jada Tempest in chat is suggesting that what players need is more turnips. Thoughts on turnips? <laughs> yeah, that was a Plague Stone joke. Uh, you, you know, funny enough, when I first play tested that adventure in house, it wasn't turnips. It was uh, what was it? It was um, oh god, yams. It was yams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the the people uh, playing it internally because it was one of the first original two E games we were running in the office uh, was the prototype of what would become the fall of Plague Stone. Uh, it was it was yams, and they all got deputized by the local, uh, you know, constable to investigate the the foul things happening. So they were calling themselves yam cops. Uh, so, but James Jacobs set me straight and pointed out that in Isger yams would not grow, so it got changed to turnips. So that's why it's turnips. <laughs> this is why I desperately look forward to James Jacobs talking about the agriculture of Galarian. That's right. Yeah. No. <laughs> James was like, yams would not grow there. And I, I, I looked into it and I'm like, yeah, no, their warm, warm climate in Isger is not, is not warm. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we do have a couple of questions from Discord and one of them is about Plague Stone and they basically have the same theme. Both of them are asking, <laughs> why do you make such deadly low level adventures? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I honestly, so the first adventure I ever played way back in the, in the old red box was, was pretty deadly. And uh, it was real easy to find yourself uh, dead in that adventure. And lo and behold, my first character died in the first adventure I ever played. Not even like halfway through. I think I picked up a yellow mold covered dinner plate. And uh, that was the end of my poor, poor uh, elf. I think I was an elf. Uh, <laughs> that was it. So that stuck with me because frankly, I think your early experiences should be challenging. Um, I, 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 that kind of flies counter to what a lot of people think of about tutorials and introductions to the games we play. Um, if you, if you boot up most video games these days, you know, you get a tutorial level that's frankly, uh, you cannot fail and, um, you can run through it, uh, you know, and not have any worries because it's about teaching you the ropes. And, and I agree with that to, to an extent, but I want you to feel what the game actually has to offer. I want you to feel that thrill, that rush, that danger that your character might perish. Um, so I push things in my scenarios, right? Everflame was not an easy scenario. There were there was at least one fight in there with a shadow uh, that was particularly challenging and killed a lot of people, a lot of characters. And, you know, for, for Plague Stone, I won't give any spoilers, but, you know, there's one encounter in particular that a lot of people cite as the, if you approach this the wrong way, you can get TPK'd. And, um, it's tricky. It's tough. And I like to challenge people to kind of learn how to get the most out of the system and giving them a cakewalk isn't going to do that. So I, I, I like to bring the heat. I like to bring the sizzle. 
and it's not just yeah, your adventure though your adventures do have a strong reputation in this direction and uh but also now that pf2 has become established it the game itself has uh had a reputation of being more difficult than people uh, are used to sure Challenge. well i think i think difficult is an interesting way of putting it i i, I think it's it's different and it's different in a way that if you if you start playing second edition just like you played first edition you're going to end up getting killed <laughs> because there are some assumptions that just don't hold true the engine behind it is different so like one of the first things and you see it kind of light up in players eyes is when they first realize that they really need to spend 10 minutes between most fights that they need to do those medicine checks that they need to refocus that they need to that they need to do those things to kind of get themselves ready for the next encounter. And when they finally kind of, when the gears kind of are like, no, we should definitely do that and not just rush from room to room to save a spell duration or something. Um, that's when they really start getting into the, the way the system flows. And my favorite tactic as a GM is once they finally got that, once they got it kind of down packed where they're like, yeah, let's, let's rest up and get ready for the next fight. That's when I like to deny them the ability to take 10 minutes and force them into the next oh, no. encounter and, and watch them panic. Uh, because, because the next fight doesn't even need to be hard to suddenly be a real challenge. They're not at their full strength. And, um, you know, facing, uh, you know, uh, against foes that they would normally uh, walk all over, now they're at half hit points and they don't have their focus spell and they're left, you know, working with cantrips and uh, attacks. So it, it's fun. It's fun. I, I think it gives, the new version of the game gives GMs a lot of different ways to tell stories. And um, I think that's a good thing. I think I think stories in first edition could get a little little rote in the, and I don't mean the, the, the story of the game. I mean, the, the like, narrative of how the game itself is actually played we we wake up we go do a handful of fights then we rest and it doesn't matter if it's 10 o'clock in the morning we go rest um so yeah that's I'm i think it's reminded, different i'm kind of reminded of um I, i'm sure a lot of you have read this but the beginning of old man's war where the uh resurrected soldiers are playing with their brand new toys and it's all like that with second edition where we've got infinite healing and really awesome cantrips and a lot of things that we would have loved to have in first edition and they say well i feel sorry for the aliens that have to fight against this and they're reminded since when has anybody any military ever given you more than the bare minimum you need <laughs> yeah yeah well and that's the thing i think i think folks really like there's a whole lot of, wow, look at all these cool toys. And then they quickly come to realize that they need every single one of those. And they need to squeeze the, the, the power juice out of each option. And we want them to feel that. Like we, we want you to feel clever when you get the most out of a cantrip, right? You know, when I was running uh, Secrets of Magic here just recently, um, one of the players realized they had a cantrip that they they took because it was flavorful, because it it was one that allowed them to um, befriend like farm animals. <laughs> and they were like, this is never going to be useful. And then in the middle of the adventure, they ran into a bunch of really angry battle goats and they are farm animals. So all of a sudden they're using the spell and the goats are like, oh, hey, oh, hey, sup. <laughs> you know? And that's great. That is absolutely fantastic and a lot of fun. And it's so rewarding to to watch players get the most out of things and not just rely on, 
you know, spamming the number one button. You know, this is the best option, so I'm just going to do this for the whole game. I feel like once it becomes a battle goat, it's no longer a farm animal. <laughs> Some of them were awakened, to be to be fair, but a few of them were just kind of angry goats. <laughs> <laughs> Every goat is an angry goat. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, the 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 folks who are helping us with the tech of this also were helping us with the tech of that stream. So I, I. I mean, I know they don't have it loaded, but I keep expecting the goat to appear because every time I said battle goat during that stream, the goat would appear. Um, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and if you missed those, by the way, those are all on the uh, the Paizo YouTube channel, so uh, you can you can catch up on those. All all ten parts should be should be up there. Um, <laughs> of your adventures, you have not, you know, killed your last low-level uh, PC in an adventure. Oh no, you've got an adventure coming out in Book of the Dead, which I, I, I don't know how well advertised that is. You know, I don't think we've talked about it a lot. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it uh, more today at the uh, you know upcoming projects panel at at uh, two slash five p.m. depending on what time's on your end, uh, two p.m. Pacific. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I do. I wrote I wrote an adventure for the back of Book of the Dead. I've I've read I wrote quite a bit of Book of the Dead actually. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Undead have always been a, a, a favorite of mine, and this adventure, boy, I, I it's it's different. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, it's in Book of the Dead, so you can be guaranteed that it's going to have a lot of undead goodness in it, and. Uh, but it's a different kind of adventure for me. It's not. It's not so location based. It's. It's. It's more about creating the right moon and tone before things go really bad for you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm. I'm going to be real interested to see how people experience it because I think it's. It's the sort of adventure that every group is going to have a very different story about the adventure. Um, and that's kind of by design, and I hope people uh, play it and share their stories with others. Uh, I hope some streamers pick it up too and and run with it because it is it is pretty different. It's not huge. It's probably you know it's like a 20, 25 page adventure. It's not gigantic, um, but it is it is near and dear to my heart, uh, <laughs> and and it'll probably be near and dear to your players' hearts, your player characters' hearts too, as as the claws dig into your flesh. <laughs> So you're going to be talking about it later, but I do have one question from chat that I want to cover about. Oh, sure. Lori 7 by 3 is asking if it's a full undead party and follows that up with screw for asthma. <laughs> no, it's not an undead party. I, I, You know, the, the book has a lot of cool stuff in it. I, I think it's got stuff for GMs. It's got plenty of new undead monsters. Uh, it has stuff for players. Um, and... Uh, both of those are are pretty exciting, and it's got a lot of exciting options. The adventure, uh, we really kind of hemmed and hawed about whether or not the adventure should be your undead. Uh, but I I really had a story that was about the undead that I wanted to focus on, um, about the undead coming for you and how that can go really really poorly in a town with just one undead getting loose. And um, I won't say any more than that, but it's. It gets bad. <laughs> it gets real bad. <laughs> and and you're you're. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. All I, all I'll say is that uh, it takes place just outside the Gravelands. <laughs> so now I've seen enough zombie movies to good. appreciate that Guns and Gears is coming out right before the book of the. Day. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be handy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You might want to bring a gun to this town. <laughs> it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad choice to bring to bring a gunslinger to the town. <laughs> and, and Book of the Dead is uh, it's it's slated for a spring release. Uh, I think April. I want to say might be March, March or April. I'm not sure. I think I think April. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's it's currently going through its paces in the department, and uh, uh, folks are pretty excited about it. In a lot of so, ways, Book of the Dead is a new kind of book that Paizo hasn't really published before. It's like part monster book, part player option. It's got an adventure tossed in the back. Like, What are some of the directions that this book is going to have, and, and why did you choose to go in this new direction for a hardcover? So um, I think... You know, the, over the past two years, we've really been kind of rounding out what I consider to be the core of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, right? So we released the, the core rulebook, Bestiary 1, 2, and 3, the Game Master Guide, the Advanced Player's Guide, and the Beginner Box. All of that kind of forms the nexus of the game. This is what we consider to be the core. This is what we expect will be at every game table. And uh, going forward we're really starting to look at books more as like templates that you add to the core, right? So, oh, you want to do a game that's uh, focused more on technology. Cool, add guns and gears to your game. Oh, you want to do a story that's more about magic. Cool, Secrets of Magic is the, the book you want to add at that point in time. And when it comes to Book of the Dead, Book of the Dead is, so you want to add more monsters to your game. And instead of just adding another number to the end of Bestiary, right? Doing Bestiary 4, Bestiary 5, Bestiary 6. Um, I think what we wanted to do was we really kind of wanted to explore one topic in depth to say, GM, do you want to do a story that's primarily about undead? And if so, let's give you all the tools to do that in one book. Let's make it so that you don't have to sift between six books to kind of patch it together. Let's just give you everything you need. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like like templates, right? And and you don't want to add too many to your game, but you and, and you can take them out and put them in as you go. Uh, right. You know, you could tell a story about that's heavily magic influenced and draw stuff from secrets of magic for a month, then change, go over to book of the dead, do an undead focused story for a month. And all the while your characters could be gunslingers and inventors. Right. And, but the key here is that it allows you as the GM and the players to kind of manage the amount of rules you have to keep in your head. You don't, you don't have to use it all. Just use the pieces you need when you need them. And we're trying to make sure that those come in nice, solid packages for you to add or remove as needed. So, I mean, you know, when you ask about what sort of things I think about and what sort of things I do, this is the sort of thing that I, I, I spend a lot of time figuring out how to chart the way forward to give everybody a, a better game experience, right? Because that's what it's all about. We want you to have fun at the table. We don't want the game to get in the way. So we want the game to support you in your stories and, uh, that goes for both players and jams. Now, I am looking forward to having lots of, as a GM, lots of fun undead tools in my toolbox. But ever since Ghostwalk, I've wanted to also play undead characters. What cool playing undead character options do we get here? Um, I, 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 so I missed the keynote on this. So I'm not sure what Eric has spoken about. So I'll, 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 I'll talk a little, but I know that we're going to talk about it more once again at two. Uh, and and I don't want to steal all their thunder, but I, I can say this. You know, there's going to be some ancestries that you can take. 
And some of those ancestries are ancestries that you kind of take at first level because the type of undead would assume that your entire previous life is kind of gone now, right? So if you become a skeleton, you don't really remember your history, right? <laughs> you're all the meat fell out of you. <laughs> so you're 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 a bag of bones and you're starting from scratch. So that's more like an ancestry. But some of the other ones are kind of more like templates that you can acquire, right? You know, uh, becoming a vampire, well, you 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 still know everything you knew before. You're not you're you're now a fighter who became a vampire, right? Um Whereas when it comes to being a, you know, a skeleton or, or some of the other undead, you just kind of become that um, and have to start from scratch. I, I think there's plenty of room for you to do exceptions and stuff like that, but I think that's the main focus of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak about everything because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some things wrong because I'm not the one doing the development pass on it. But uh, I believe those are the sorts of things that are going in the book. And on top of that, of course, there's, there's plenty of character options, you know, for undead, uh, you know, um, uh, undead characters, you know, that allow them to work better within the system. I think, you know, one thing we were talking about was the medicine skill doesn't really work particularly well on undead. <laughs> uh, uh, but... You know, you, you could have an ability that allows you to stitch flesh <laughs> um, and kind of do some healing. <laughs> I don't know if you apply paste to a broken bone or uh, <laughs> on a skeleton or if you if you stitch up the side of that zombie's head, if it makes it better. But, you know, you can try. <laughs> if I understand necromancy, you just patch it up with the worst. Yeah. <laughs> the worst the universe has to offer the worst magic I, the the way the way as far as i can tell you can just pick up any old part and just put it back on so it's fine it's fine you just i think i think it's all good <laughs> that that reminds me in my in my wrath playthrough i'm playing a necromancer wrath of the righteous the the, the new game that just dropped i'm i'm playing a uh a, a necromancer witch with my chicken familiar so uh i love undead <laughs> is what i'm saying i'm, I'm a big fan I'm going for the lich mythic path. It's great. <laughs> now is the is the familiar undead? The chicken? Not yet. <laughs> nope, just a regular old chicken following around this necromancer. Apparently it's just a chicken uh, that I call Egathoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Egathoa. This is the, truth the of all necromancers. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Wrath of the Righteous for a bit? Uh, yeah, I can talk about Wrath. You know, we're really excited that uh, that you know our, our our partners at Owlcat have delivered another another great uh, game. And uh, Wrath, uh, for me, Wrath is an interesting adventure path. Uh, it's one that I didn't have any direct work on, but I did do kind of parallel work on because we were working on Mythic Adventures at the same time. Now, Owlcat decided to kind of go in some different directions with the way Mythic paths, paths work. Um, they they made the paths more flavorful. We kind of went more generic, kind of like mythic archetype kind of thing. Um, and I don't mean that in the game sense. I mean that more in the like heroic archetype of myth um, sort of sense. But uh, for them, they went more specific and tied them to demons or angels or liches or the worm that walks or, you know, uh, so uh, the game, uh, you know, is is mostly the one e rules engine uh, with some kind of two e bits bolted on here and there, uh, and 
but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it does a really good job of giving you a nice, good, crunchy, you know, one e game experience. There's a million character options, and uh, it's just ridiculously fun. I have streamed a lot of it over the past few weeks uh, since it released, and uh, I'm just having a blast. I don't know the story. I mean, I know the ultimate outcome. Hey, it's the battle goat. <laughs> <laughs> There he is. <laughs> I knew it. I knew they had it in the wings. They were just waiting. Uh, <laughs> uh, good times. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm only like in chapter two or something, but uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Graham, I know you've been playing Wrath of the Righteous. I haven't had a chance to pick it up yet. Oh, I've been addicted to it. It's probably one of my favorite video games that came out this year. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I, you know, I play a lot um, on my own stream and uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, but the moment I pick this up, I stop playing everything else. I'm just playing that now yeah. nonstop. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I know it's doing uh, really well on the Steam store and stuff like that. And, and we all are, are super happy about it. They, they're releasing regular uh, patch updates and stuff, too, to fix some bugs that they had on day one. Uh, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's really good, and uh, it's always fun to see our worlds kind of brought to life in this way and see these characters, and and frankly, they got some amazing voice actors. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty renowned for not liking gnomes, uh, but there's a there's a <gasps> gnome character in there that I am absolutely in love with, um, and I'm I'm not a, I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> no, 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 my, my 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 I'll be honest, my 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 gnome hate. Is is really more of a joke than anything. <laughs> I would hope. Uh, How could you hate a gnome? Yeah. No, I know, I know. It's 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 yeah. It's a it's a serious character flaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the one of the talking points for Tui, and not like a major one, but one of the ones that was on the list was that it would be really easy to port over to video games and adapt to video games. So, like, do you see that happening somewhere down the line that we get a Tui based Pathfinder video game? Um, you know, I hope so. Uh, I, I, that's not a thing that we can, you know, easily just snap our fingers and do. Obviously we don't make video games. Uh, you know, we, we've got our hands full putting out books and, um, uh, so, you know, I think the most that we can do is continue to work with our partners and see how it, uh, it all comes together. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think second edition would make for an absolutely fantastic video game. We didn't design it for a video game we designed it to be simpler and kind of easier to learn and to codify how some of the rule systems work and, and remove a lot of the kind of exception based mechanics of one E right. And make it more like it builds on top of itself um, instead of, Oh, you have to check and make sure you meet all these prerequisites or, you know, Oh, these things all play together and that you, you have to take four different things to get at the thing you really want. Um, uh, you know, so in that way, I think it would be easier for a video game engine to make use of Pathfinder 2E. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but we'll have to see. We'll see how it goes. Right. Um, I'm certainly excited for the future, though. Okay, yeah, I've spoken with features that you'd like to see that you really are excited to see as a video game. Did you did you say Adventure Paths? Adventure Paths or any of the published adventures. Oh, um. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, just in a purely selfish uh, place, I'd love to see something I wrote converted into a video game, but that's just me being selfish. I, I would love to see a Tyrant's Grasp video game. I think that would be absolutely amazing. 
And primarily just because we would get the Whispering Tyrant as a voice actor. And I don't know who they get, but uh, I'm excited. <laughs> it's uh, really but, hard to record Whisper voice acting. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I think he's called the Whispering Tyrant. I'm going to wager he shouts a lot more than he whispers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's my personal preference. And, and to be totally clear on the level, I don't have anything to do with those decisions. Um, I, I get asked, hey, we're doing this. You think that's a good idea? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but but they don't come and ask. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's one of, you know, kind of the exciting things we got going on. Yeah, I, I think... You know, more more games with the Pathfinder brand on it is is always good. I'm excited for Goblin Firework Fight coming out here in yeah. in a few months, um, which is a for those of you who haven't heard, Goblin Firework Fight is a, a really kind of light uh, party game uh, where you are all playing goblins raiding the town of Sandpoint, which is represented by a big giant pile of tokens. You're there to steal their fireworks, uh, and the one who has the most fireworks at the end is the winner. So that's cool. I that's froze there for a second, guys. For, yeah, I, I think we're yeah. good, though. I think we're good. All right. <laughs> uh, that is a game that was in development for a long time. Was that a matter of, like, wanting to perfect it, or was it just that everyone was busy with Tui? Um, I, I, well, it's a combination of things. I think Tui did get in the way, but I also think, um, you know, it was getting really, really close in late 2019 and into oh. early 2020. And frankly, we suddenly realized that having a game that required four people to sit around and hand a bag back and forth between each other maybe wasn't going to go over too well or work very well in the middle of a pandemic. So um, we just decided to wait. It, it was just the right thing to do at that point in time. But it had already been waiting for quite a bit of time before that. It kind of languished on a back burner uh, longer than I would have liked, I, I think. It's, it's, a, it's a fun little game. I, I think, you know, it's it's great for you got, you know, 20 minutes to kill before the game is going to start. Um, let's let's play goblins and steal fireworks from each other. Um, and you have to watch out because in the pile of fireworks, there are also squealy Nord tokens. Uh, <laughs> and those cause mayhem and mischief. Whenever you draw a squealy Nord token, you have to draw from the squealy Nord deck, which includes a bunch of random events that happen during the game uh, that can mess with your strategy. Uh, uh, toward victory. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of explosive things that we are happy to see return from first edition, the Gunslinger is about to make its return to Pathfinder as well as the new inventor. So with Guns and Gears, what do we have to look forward to with how that play test wrapped up and how those classes are finally going to be stepping into the spotlight? Yeah, I you know um, I think uh, you know the the team did a, a absolutely fantastic job with those two classes, and I know that Mike, in particular, poured his heart into into those, um, and uh, uh, I'm really excited. I I think playtests are always they're always a challenge, right? You know, we we put out there what we think is our best idea, and everybody comes back and tells us the ways in which we are wrong. And they're and they're right. That's the thing, right? You know, that's why we do it. Um, so we learned a lot from the playtest. We learned about how the class wasn't living up, how the classes weren't living up to people's mental expectations for what the class should be, right? It, I, I'm I'm reminded of how the Magus, you know, worked very differently in the playtest versus how it actually came out in the final uh, 
Secrets of Magic, right? Um, and and in that same way, you know, changes were made to the way the gunslinger and the inventor work. I, I'm not going to list them all here because, frankly, I, I I'd probably mess them up. But um, I will say this: the book is filled with some exciting stuff. I am I am deeply deeply in love with the new iconics, especially the little goblin bot, who's I don't think they've dropped the name for yet, and I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'm excited to see more about him. But uh, the book itself is divided into two large sections, which is great for GMs who maybe want to add one but not the other. Like, I, I get that guns are a controversial controversial add to some campaigns. But if you just want to grab the inventor, all that stuff is compartmentalized. All of its rules are in its own chapter. So you can easily just be like, yep, only use the stuff from these pages, and we're good. Um, but, you know, I hope people will play with all of them. And uh, the Gunslinger, I, I feel is not going to be necessarily as overpowered as the one E gunslinger was in the right hands. <laughs> I, 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 I love the one E gunslinger. I think it's a lot of fun. I think a lot of GMs, you know, it was so easy to allow the one E gunslinger to be way better than it was supposed to be. Um, right. Because the, the entire point, and, and this was a lesson learned was that, you know, mechanics to balance a class based on rarity of an object like oh the the bullets are supposed to be harder to get oh we gave you all these tools to make bullets the the thought was oh maybe you don't use bullets as much maybe sometimes you don't and that you know that's not a good balance mechanism as it turns out that is a that is a good way for uh for jams to be like, yeah, sure, you can get bullets, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're better than you're supposed to be. So I, with second edition, we just reevaluated that from the base ground up, you know, and we didn't balance the class based on access, uh, you know. And, and that goes, honestly, for all of the things that have rarity in uh, Pathfinder 2E, right? Rarity is a thing that we we added to the game with second edition. And, and most things are common, but some things are uncommon, which means you you generally need to find a way to get access to them, but it's something the player can do. And then there are rare things that honestly the GM should decide if they want in their game and figure out uh, how to get that to you. And but But we don't use that as a balance mechanism. It's not like rare things are more powerful. It's that rare things oftentimes are either meant to be more rare in the world or... They're rare because they honestly offer a kind of complicated, challenging thing to add to your game. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of what we what we use it for. But but not for balance. I, I remind folks of that on the regular. That balance is not a consideration when it comes to the rarity of an object. Generally speaking. Speaking of rare things, one uh, one design space that I have just become a super big fan of and was not expecting is rare backgrounds. And the backgrounds were, you know, one of the more simple character choices you make when you're building your character until APG added rare backgrounds and suddenly, and like hearing about guns and gears, now you can have a clockwork heart as your background and you have to crank yourself alive every morning. And it's just, oh, and the time traveler and secrets of magic, it's like, you're making whole new characters out of what used to be almost a non-decision, just like, oh, whatever my ability score that I want to bump up in that feature, that's, yeah. that's interesting. It's completely changed how I think of backgrounds. Yeah, so that that gets to, once again, talking about the core of the game versus what we're doing kind of now further out, 
right? So in the core of the game, yeah, we got farmers and blacksmiths and, and soldiers and, you know, town clerks. That's your background. You're a town clerk. And I think in the APG, you started to see some rare backgrounds, right? Some things that we were like, yeah, you're a you're in line for the throne, right? That's not something we want you to just pick because you can't have a group of six of those. <laughs> we're all in line for the, I mean, I mean, technically you could, and it would actually be pretty funny if you were all in line for the same throne. But the point is that that's not necessarily we want you to just pick because it has a greater impact on the story in the world. And the GM should be involved in that. Um, saying, hey, I, I'm going to play the son of the king is an inherent you know, power dynamic question between you and the other players. Um, so, you know, you, your GM has to understand what that means and be okay with it. And everybody at the table should understand how to add that to the game. So um, when we get even further and further afield, it allows us to do some things that are really strange. Like, yeah, you're, you're from the future, you know, or, or you're from the past, right? Um, you know, the, the clockwork heart is great though. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, wind yourself up, go about your day. It's like your morning coffee, <laughs> but, but don't I really do think those, key. yeah, those, those, yeah. Don't lose the key. That is, that is for sure. I mean, you could probably get the rogue to, to do it. It's like, Hey, could you, <laughs> could you, is this a thievery check? Please don't steal it. I just need you to wind it. Um, <laughs> So rogues just yeah. like, hey, remember that mean thing you said to me yesterday? Yeah, I'm just going to turn Tinkers this down. Heart. <laughs> so yeah, I th I think that you know, as we go forward, we get to play more and more with the the kind of playground that we set up. I I think two E and the core of it is is what we consider kind of safe stuff. Um, you know. And, and now as we get further and further afield and we start digging into these deeper concept books, now we get to play, right? You're going to get undead ancestries. You're going to get, you know, rare backgrounds. You're going to get classes that are, you know, a, a bit more techie and complicated than those in the core, but offer kind of a deeper, more robust, I guess I, I would say challenging play experience that, that requires you to balance more things, but that could be really rewarding. And for some people, that's what they want out of the game. And I want to make sure they have the tools to do that because ultimately that's what Pathfinder has always been about. It's always been about giving all of you the tools you need to tell the stories and play the game that you want to play that and how you want to play it. Speaking of high concept books, it was announced yesterday at the keynote that Dark Archives will be the hardcover that follows Book of the Damned. Uh, not a self-explanatory title. Can you just give us the the pitch? What Dark Ar what we can expect from Dark Archive? I I I am going to be really cagey about this because I know that we're going to be talking about it uh, at the panel at two. Um, and I, I'm honestly I'm not 100 sure what has been said because once again I missed the announcement. Um, but I will say this. Um, Dark Archive is a, uh, it's kind of a collection of dossiers of case files about weird stuff in the, in the world of, of Golarian. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it includes, it includes two new classes. We've talked about those. We've, we've mentioned the psychic and the thaumaturge. I don't want to go into it, uh, any deeper, but, uh, we, we have, we have mentioned those and, uh, you know, we're going to play test those here soon. I'm excited about it. And we're back. Hey. <laughs> we're 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 back a bit. 
Yeah, take the battle goat. I believe the battle goat. I think the battle goat is responsible. (laughs) All right, so we just have a few more minutes, Jason. So the 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 new class playtest that's going live on Monday, right? Yes, yes. It uh, I I believe it is scheduled to go live on Monday. Yes. So I'm curious. uh, This is uh, one thing I am curious about is a lot of people expected the witch to be the occult class, but it looks like we're actually getting psychic to be the the occult spellcaster sure yeah i i think you know uh, <laughs> hey you're hey look we're all back uh Yay! so so yeah the 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 psychic um you know is is a uh you know an occult spellcasting uh class and, and we're pretty excited about that. There's a lot of interesting changes. We really wanted to kind of do a fresh take on the psychic. That's the thing we've been doing with, with all of our classes in uh, second edition is that we're really kind of, we don't assume that everything from first edition is going to work or going to meet our needs in second. So we're kind of taking a fresh look at everything. And, and you're going to see that with the psychic and uh, especially with the thaumaturge. Thaumaturge is, is really exciting. I am, I am super, super pumped for that class. Mm-hmm. We've seen the iconic. Is that did Marvolo shave, or is this a new character? <laughs> and this is a different iconic character. Um, we didn't. So I, I get that people are looking at it and are like, "Is this Marvolo? Is the thaumaturge the new occultist?" And the answer is no. Um, the the we kind of went back to the drawing board on some of the concepts that we tried to make happen with the occultist, but we ended up with a class that is so radically different than what the occultist was that we were like, you know, this needs a different name. It's a different kind of class. It does different kinds of things. And it's really kind of a fresh take on what we, what we kind of envisioned that, that class to be. That doesn't mean the occultist is, is, is gone, right? I don't ever want to say that anything for first edition is permanently gone. I think there's a lot of things that we are, we're pretty sure are never going to come back or at least aren't going to come back as a full class. They might come back as an archetype or as an option within a class because some of them are better served in that way. Um, but the thaumaturge is something different entirely. And I don't want to give any details because you're going to see it in just a few days. And frankly, we're going to be talking about a lot of it too. And I don't want to steal the thunder of, of our big, of our big panel here this afternoon. Um, but I am super excited about it of all the classes we've done. Um, I'm, I'm always super excited when we try something new and different. And, and this class is, is really, really exciting. Mark, uh, did a, uh, fantastic job. Uh, on the thaumaturge uh, design, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited. I can't I can't wait. Is that going to be the future for second edition from this point forward? That it's a lot. This is now the, the shackles are off. We're going to go and explore new unexplored uh, class design in space. I mean, I wouldn't I I wouldn't say that we're done going back to the stuff from first edition, far from it. I, I I know that there are a few classes right now off the top of my head that are like, I want to find a way to bring that back. Um, Where's my brawler, Jason? And and I'm and, and I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave everyone frustrated and I'm not gonna tell you which ones those are. Because we 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 haven't found books for them yet. We haven't found places for them yet. And until we do it's <laughs> premature and I don't want to get people's hopes up. So but I will say that we're not done uh looking uh, back to the past of first edition for new fun things for second edition. But I am really excited to do things that are different and not just have second edition be, here is a conversion of this book from first edition. Like we we set out in the beginning, we didn't want to do that. That's why you're not seeing 
ultimate anything. <laughs> um, and instead, you know, we're, we're focused instead on kind of providing um, books with kind of different concepts and different themes. So I, I'm very excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already looking at the year beyond that and, and how those books play into everything and what the plan is for, oh, for 2023. How, how is it 2021 already? Okay. Uh, but uh, you know, we're, we're excited for that. And I'm excited to uh, let everyone get their hands on this, this new class starting on Monday. So just letting you know, like every other comment in chat is just kineticist. So I know you said you weren't <laughs> going to follow up. You were just going to leave a tease, but I think just the idea that occult classes have started to peak up, people are noticing a very popular one that is not mentioned so far. People, people uh, are uh, uh, pretty excited for the kineticist. And I will say that we are listening to you. We don't have any plans yet or anything that I'm ready to announce. Uh, but uh, we, we know that we know the classes that everybody likes. That's that's one thing we are we are not we are not unsure on. We did some surveys there at the end of first edition to kind of give us a sense of what people really liked, and Kineticist was pretty high on that list. <laughs> so we'll see. We have we'll see. to wrap things up. I was hoping to plug the whole schedule, but how about we just plug the seminars that you are involved in or excited about or think people should be excited about? Uh, me personally, um, yes. Or do I, you want I, me to show on the list? Well, I mean, you can go down the list, but I mean, personally, I'm super excited for the uh, upcoming projects from Pathfinder Seminar. I, there's there's so many good panels coming up. I don't want to pretend like none of them, like any of them are not good. They're all going to be great. Um, all right. But but that one in particular is the one where we're going to be talking about the playtest this coming Monday, and I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Well, just to really quickly go over the panels that are coming up. Uh, next, we've got uh, John Compton. Param and I will be back. We'll be interviewing John Compton. Then at uh, 3 p.m. slash noon Pacific, it's Pathfinder Tales of Lost Omens. What's next for the Lost Omens line? At 4 p.m. slash 1 p.m. Pacific, we've got the designer showcase. Um, Jason was just talking about upcoming projects. At 5 p.m. slash 2 p.m. Pacific, Paizo Adventure Roundup, print and digital. And Jason, you said you'd be on that one as well, talking about the um, Book of the Dead adventure? Uh, I'm in the upcoming um, upcoming projects panel, and then I'm on another panel tomorrow, uh, I believe, okay. one of the AMAs. And I, I think that's it. All right. For me. Yeah. 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Industry Spotlight Engaging Diverse Voices. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We've got uh, an actual play to close off the day. Oh, actually, no, sorry. We've got two actual plays closing off the day. So this one is Far Beyond the Stars, Junkers Delight, Starfinder Live Play by Fantastic Worlds Productions. And then starting at 11 p.m. Eastern or um, 9, no, 10, I, I did not do the conversion there. So 11 p.m. Eastern or the equivalent Pacific time, Understories, Aleshi Adventure for Pathfinder 2nd Edition by Hijinx. We are out of time. Uh, you will see us again in about two minutes with John Compton. Jason, thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, I really appreciate this. And thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in and uh, and giving us your support. I do appreciate it. Thanks, guys.